0: Okay, now we are in week six of our series. We want to welcome everybody uh, worshiping with us online as well. So in your home, wherever you're at, thank you so much for being here, uh, watching this at some later date. Thank you guys for being a part of New Life Church. We are on the last week of our teaching series that we entitled God of the Impossible. We've been looking through Daniel chapter one, two, three, four, five. This is week six, so we're looking in Daniel chapter. You guys are geniuses. I love it. Thank you. Uh, So Daniel chapter 6. Now, look, if you're kind of like, wow, um, I loved that sermon today. I would love to hear the rest of them in the series. Always go back to com where you can then click on our On Demand and you can watch any of the past sermons. So we're going to cut off Daniel here. Daniel kind of changes gears in the book and he goes into these end day uh, revelations and these end day dreams. And I know that some of you are like, well, why are we cutting it off? I would love to know what those mean. So would I. So... That's kind of where we're at, all right, on that. So we're just going to gonna kind of end it there, and we're just going to stick with the practical. we got some extreme practical stuff. How many of you guys grew up going to church? How many, let me kind of see hands everywhere. <clears throat> all right, so how many of you guys went to Sunday school or some type of children's programming, right, where they talked about Daniel chapter 6, which is, by the way, one of the most famous chapters in all the Old Testament, Daniel in the Daniel and the Lions Den. even people who haven't grown up in church, which by the way, New life Church, we value you who have been maybe grown up in an agnostic atheistic or just far from God home or a non-religious home or a home that just you know sporadically brought Christ in maybe periodically at dinner time over a meal or at Christmas or at Easter. we welcome you and we're glad that you're here. So if you didn't know about Daniel and the Lions then today you are going to get blown away by a fascinating story Uh, but then there are some things in here that we all need to know so we can apply to our lives Daniel chapter 6 Daniel's about 90 years old now everyone say 90 years old yeah that he's getting up there in age and Daniel's back in service in fact he's one of the three most powerful people leading underneath the authority of the king the entire empire and Daniel, at 90 years old, is outshining those other young bucks. So come on, let me hear it for getting old and being wise. That was from all the old and wise people. Okay. Daniel's probably outshining all of these younger guys that are leaders, right, all the way to the point where the king now of the Medes and the Persian Empire have said this about Daniel. We're going to promote Daniel. Daniel's going to be second in command under the king of the entire empire. Guys, that's exciting. That's pretty incredible. Here's Daniel. He was Daniel chapter 5, he's brought back off the bench. Daniel chapter 6, he's going to be second in command over an entire empire, meaning over the entire known world. Okay. However, his peers and other uh, high officials that worked near him and with him and under him, they were jealous of him. They had contempt in their heart for Daniel. Um, And so here's what they did. They premeditated an idea of how they could kill Daniel and to do that they had to manipulate and lie to the king. So here's what they did. They suggested to the king that a new law should be enacted that for the next 30 days no one can pray to anything or any other person other than the king. And they went to the king, and they convinced the king, this is a great idea. People should only be able to pray to you. And the king, with all of his pride and with all of his power-hungry desires, immediately said, yeah, let's do it. And he signed it into law. Immediately. So I want you to notice, what did Daniel do when he heard about this new law that now was going to make it illegal for him to pray to his God? Look what he does. Daniel chapter 6 Verse 10, but when Daniel learned that the law, the new law, had been signed, look what he does. He went home and he knelt down as usual. Say as usual. Okay, because that's very important. He went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, right? With its windows open, not closed, not in secret. With its windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done giving thanks to his God. Daniel goes right back to what he always knew. He doesn't shrink back. He leans into God. He doesn't coward. He just continues with what he's doing. He doesn't boast. He doesn't try to bring attention to himself. He just does what he's usually doing. Well, Daniel's peers and the other officials, they knew that Daniel prayed every single day. That's the reason why they enacted the law. How cool is that? How cool is it that your buddies... So-called buddies, let's put it that way, your so-called peers, okay, the people that are maybe even reporting to you underneath you, they know your spiritual diet so well that that's the only thing that they can use to try to get you in trouble. How cool is that? I would just like to know, what is your, what's your spiritual trait that you're known for? Daniel had one. He was known as a man that that was regular in his prayer. What would people know you for? If you were going to be held guilty on something spiritually, what would it be? Your prayer life? That you read the Bible on a regular basis? That you're humble? That you are teachable? What would it be? I want to be a guy who's known for being a person that has spiritual traits that you would be able to say, man, that's who Jeff is all the time. we got a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do. These manipulators, when they noticed Daniel did exactly what they thought he was going to do, they went straight to the king and they reported to the king, hey king, didn't you set up a law? Yeah, I did. Well, Daniel just broke the law, so now you got to do exactly what you said. You said you would throw people like that into the lion's den of death. The king's heart was troubled, it was heavy, because he now realized what had happened. He had been set up, but there was no turning back, because once he made the law, the law had to move forward. So he wrestled with it all day, right? All day until the evening came, and, the, and the, these peers and high officials came back, and they were saying you know, to the king, What's your decision? Come on, we gotta make a decision. This day, judgment has to be fulfilled. So the king had no other option but to arrest Daniel and to have him thrown into the lion's den. Right before Daniel's thrown in to the lion's den, and the stones put over it, and he's captured inside of there with these hungry, ferocious lions that haven't been fed for days, possibly weeks. The king says these words to Daniel in verse 16. May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. I love that. In a kingdom where it was not popular to worship the one true living God, even the king knew that Daniel was a committed man after the heart of God. So look at this. Daniel's influence isn't just to his peers, isn't just to those who are below him, but his influence is also upwards to the king. I'm going to tell you right now, the most difficult level of influence is the lead up. Is the lead up. Daniel's living his life with such integrity. He's he's not a broken record saying the same spiritual things over and over again, right? He, he's not a, a, a he's not a bugle horn just, you know, abrasively communicating, you know, the gospel. He's just a man who's walking out the spiritual God-given traits, and he's leading well in the world, but yet leading well in the world in a way he hasn't given up his devotion to God, and everybody knows his devotion to God. So everyone knows the rest of the story. Daniel's thrown in. All night long, the king is troubled in his heart. He goes, back to the palace and he paces back and forth. He can barely get any sleep. He denies all entertainment and all food. And the next morning, as soon as the sun starts to illuminate the dark sky, the king races down to where the lion's den was at and he has a stone removed and he yells in and he says these words, Did your God rescue you? And Daniel, to the king's surprise, instantaneously says these words back, In 21 and 22, Daniel answered, long live the king. What? Are you serious? Is that what you're going to say to the person who threw you in so that you would be dead in the morning? Hey, I love you, king. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you. May you you reign forever. You're the best king ever. No, that's exactly what he says. Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For, what I have, for, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. Man, what a guy. What an incredible guy. See, guys, what man thought was impossible, it just created an opportunity for God to show off his power. We serve the God of the impossible. When it seems impossible, watch out because that's when God's getting ready to do some of his greatest stuff. Daniel was lifted up out of the lion's den without even a scratch on his body. And the king immediately turned to those peers and other high officials. And as disgusting as it sounds to you and as horrific as it sounds to you, the king had all of those men, their wives and their children thrown into the lion's den. The Bible says before their bodies hit the ground, the lions were already on them. I get it. That's a horrific picture. It's right after that, though, that the king does something in the known world. In the known world that would only happen a couple of times throughout history. Throughout history, he says this to the known world because of what Daniel did. Look with me in verse 25 and 27. He says, peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear Before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. He's talking about God, he's not talking about Daniel. Okay? God's kingdom will never be destroyed. And that's true, by the way. And his rule will never end. Amen? He rescues and he saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. This decree goes out through the whole world. One man's incredible faith in the God of the impossible changed the spiritual atmosphere for everyone who walked the earth. Powerful, by the way. And Daniel did all of this while maintaining a strong and devoted faith in the face of adversity and of opposition. That's pretty powerful. Today, right now, in America, right? Today is June 28th, 2020, just for the record. In America today, we are living in a time where there's an ever-increasing opposition towards Christianity. Right now, as we sit here, there are movements that are happening in our nation and there are proclamations that are going out on social media and on our on our news medias and in our print medias and they're being blasted throughout social media that there should be statues of Jesus torn down, that there should be stained glass windows that depict Jesus, that depict Mary, that depict God in certain ways, that those should be broken and tore down. There is a movement, you know, that that's stating that we should burn the churches and that the voice of Christianity should be deemed as hate speech. That's the day in which we are living right now and the opposition is only increasing. So I ask you today, as this opposition grows stronger towards Christianity, as laws are passed that restrict your religious freedom, as your right to free speech is crushed under political correctness, and as your Christ-centered opinion is considered irrelevant and filled with offensive hate, What will you do? What's going to be your response? Will you hold to your faith boldly like Daniel did? That in the face of an impossible lion's den, he didn't change his speech. He didn't meet them at a level of hate like they had for him. But he just maintained his devotion, his commitment to God. Will you be found as that person or will you water down your faith to fit in? So you can just kind of live underneath the surface just enough where somehow you can convince yourself that you are a follower of Jesus Christ because you still adhere to these guidelines, but yet your faith isn't bold enough for anybody in the world to know. I'm just going to let you know, Daniel was not ashamed of his faith in an ungodly culture. He wasn't ashamed of his leaders knowing his faith, you know, in worry of what they might do or not do to him. Will I be promoted or will I not be promoted? That was the farthest thing from Daniel's mind. It was just, I got to be devoted to my God. He didn't worry about the fact, is his faith, is his faith, you know, going to repel his peers? Will he have any close friends? He didn't worry about the fact, will his faith cause those who are underneath him to create a coup against him? He just said, I have to be devoted to my God and I have to live out my faith. So will you remain faithful and keep your trust in the God of the impossible when your religious norm is taken away from you as this opposition and adversity continues to increase? I I want you to be able to say a confident yes. And to help you with that, I think it might be beneficial for us to go back and discover what really allowed Daniel to walk through this difficult chapter of his life and overcome the adversity and overcome the opposition. Because I believe the answers to that are found in chapter 6. I also believe they're found in just the holistic view of Daniel's life, obviously. But as we're tearing apart chapter 6 today, I want to take you back to verses 4 and 5 says that this, when they were trying to, his peers and high officials were trying to find a way to kill Daniel, says the other administrators and high officials began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, comma, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him with. Notice notice the first step that's happening here is not some deep spiritual thing. It's a very practical thing. And I think in Christianity, we've lost a lot of the very practical. And in doing so, we've watered down the spiritual. Daniel was found as a man who handled government affairs in a way that there was nothing to criticize or condemn him with. It says this about him, that he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded one thing our only chance of finding grounds for accusing daniel watch this will be in connection with the rules of his religion there's one thing we know about daniel to a fault he's all in for jesus christ he's all in for jesus christ so where does it start with daniel guys how do you overcome opposition and adversity Let's start at a very, very practical place that we all need to be reminded of. We need to be reminded of it before opposition increases. And that's this. Daniel lived above reproach. We all have to live above reproach. He says in here the, 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 the like description of his character. He was faithful, responsible, trustworthy. That means that Daniel had perfect integrity. Guys, we need to live our lives in such a way that, that we... we We remove, we, we take away the cracks in our character and in our integrity, wherever they're found. We need to deal with those things first before increased opposition comes. Look at your own life. Look at it and search it out. Are you faithful, trustworthy, right? Are you a person that's found responsible? That's where we need to start. By God's power, that's where we need to live. So treat your neighbors well, now, not before you have to. Work hard now, not before you have to. Do business better and lead better than anyone else that's around you now before you have to. Honor the authorities in your life. Do not be a gossip. Do not cheat others. Follow through. When you say you're going to do it, do it. Pray. Pray on a regular basis. Pay. Pay your bills off. And stay out of frivolous debt and live responsibly. Give people nothing to accuse you of. Live without fault in the eyes of this world. That's where Daniel was at well before he ever needed it. And it paid off for him. What I'm suggesting to all of us is this. We tend to change when we have to. And I'm trying to tell you today, you better change now before you have to. And we want to be people that are above reproach. So how do you do it? Here's some simple suggestions. And they're going to be super simple because that's where we're at right now. Surround yourself with people that are like-minded. It's amazing how when you're with the right people, your character and your integrity is lifted up. Be deeply connected with other believers. How do you do that in a life group? So guys, these are things that you need to jump in and be a part of now before you have to. Make Sunday non-negotiable. Weekend worship with other believers, face-to-face, in person. Don't buy, don't buy these other lies that are going on, that you know, Church Online is good enough for me. It's not good enough. Don't buy this fact that I'm just going to meet with a few people in their home and worship together. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when opposition and adversity comes, that's going to shake Shake out really quick. You're gonna wish that you were a part of something with a group of believers that is much bigger and tighter and on mission together than just a little, little groups that are out there until we have to. But when we have to, we do it on mission, not because it was convenient. That's the difference, guys. People are making spiritual decisions based on convenience today, not because it's the mission. There might be a day where the church of Jesus Christ in America goes underground, but if we have to, we will do it on mission. Not out of fear, not running from anybody, but running to the very heart of God. So be be deeply connected with other believers in a life group. Make Sunday non-negotiable. Honor God with your finances. Honor God with your tithe. God will miraculously help you manage the other 90% better than you ever could. And if you don't believe it, trust him and see. And get God's word into your heart daily. But two things that I want to give you practically that I think are things we all need to walk out if we're going to live this type of above reproach lifestyle in the day and age that we live in is this. you got to make your faith a cause worth living for and dying for. That's what set Daniel apart from you and me. We're willing to live for something. We're not willing to die for it. And those are decisions that we have to make Now before you have to that's conviction that you live now before it's mandated he's worth living for and we're dying for lastly seek the fullness of the holy spirit in your life on a daily basis like holy spirit help me to lead well holy spirit help me to overcome my fear Holy Spirit, help me to respond. I'm watching the media, and I want to respond. I want to get down in their argument with them. I want to to get into their fight with them. And that's that's exactly what this world wants you to do. They want you to get down, and they want you to fight with them. We have to resist those types of things, and we have to say, Holy Spirit, I need your leadership in my life. Because the more we seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life, fill me up, speak through me, love through me, build in character through me, build integrity through me, lead me, convict me. All day long, convict me of when I'm breaking God's law, when my mindset is against God's law, when my actions are against God's law, convict me. Holy Spirit, be in my life on a daily basis. Help me to lead my children. Help me to heal my marriage. Help me to lead my business. Holy Spirit, if you're not with me, then where am I going? Jesus is the one who said, I'm leaving, but I'm giving you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And if, if Jesus made the promise, that's what I want. So Holy Spirit, be in me. And lead through me. Because the more that we seek after the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the stronger you will be when opposition comes. Is this too... Did you guys come here for like a fluff message today? Because I apologize for that. We kind of started out with a fun little video that we made. And then here we are. This is the world we live in today. The second thing you see with Daniel is this, though. Daniel's worship was known and it was consistent. This is who... We need to be, not just as a church, but as individuals. May people know you as a true worshiper and a consistent worshiper of the one true living God. Remember, remember back to verse 5. It says this, that they, meaning his peers and other high officials who were trying to, you know, kill Daniel, they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. This is the kind of person we need to live out here in 2020 in Kearney or Platt in the Ogallala areas. We need to live in such a way that forces the world to only be able to accuse us of being fully devoted to God. How does that sit with you? How does it sit that your life would be lived in such a way that the only thing they would be able to accuse you of is that you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? Does that sound like it's enough for you? Are you spinning right now in your mind going, yeah, but there's got to be some other stuff, Jeff? Because if there's a, yeah, but, I'm just going to tell you right now, don't track down that, that, that train of thought. Because you're just going to water down the truth. What we need to be known for is fully devoted worshipers that are all in committed to Jesus Christ. And to do that, you don't have to be abrasive. I want you to know something. This world needs Christians right now more than ever. To stand up for what we are for, not to stand up for what we are against. That's exactly what Daniel did, by the way. Daniel's faith wasn't a faith that was known for what he was against. Like, I'm against all this false worship of all these idols and all of this paganism and all this craziness against the one true living God. That's not what he was known for. That's not what they were going after, like, oh, we'll get Daniel now. We know exactly what he's against. No, they went after Daniel for what he was for. They went after Daniel because they knew he was for consistent worship to a one, true, living God. It was not what he was against. It was what he was for. We have a world right now just, like, bent on making the mission on what they're against instead of what they're for. Let's not cave into that mindset. Let's not get into that fight, Let's not get ourselves in that position where we're duking it out. You're against this, well, I'm against that. Well, you don't like this, and I don't like that. Well, you hate this, I hate that. Let's not get ourselves into that. We're going to get ourselves into a worldly fight that we can't win. Let's make sure as believers the world knows what we're for, not what we're against, and that's what they saw in Daniel. That's why you have to live fully devoted before Jesus Christ. Because if you're not living fully devoted before Jesus Christ, the world never knows what you're for. There is a revolution that's trying to take hold in our nation. One that's filled with anger and lawlessness. One where they want to remove the judicial process. Where they want to remove uh, the, op- the, the opinions of others and the, and the debate over common sense. There is a spirit of anarchy that's attempting to tear at the very fabric of our nation. And we don't fight this opposition with simple words and civil displays, by the way. It's not where the battle's won. It's not, it's not won with clever words, some kind of civil display that goes on. It's won by this, when we remain faithful to our God and we do what Daniel did in Daniel chapter six, when he heard about the law, he went and he found the upstairs room and he prayed. Guys, that's where the battle's won. Do you have an upstairs room where you pray? Is there a place That we go to and we say, God, I cry out for my nation. I cry out for my city. I cry out for those who are hurting. God, help me to love those who oppose me. Is there a place that you're going to on a regular basis, the upstairs room? Because that's where the battle's going to be won. In consistent worship and devotion before our God. Because when the lion's den of persecution comes, guys, we want to walk through it like Daniel did with a faith that's unwavering. And when our religious rights are trampled on like they got trampled on for Daniel, we want to maintain an unshakable faith in the God who does the impossible just like Daniel did. That's who we want to be known for. So we combat this revolution of anarchy with a revolution of faithful worship to Jesus our King. That's how we combat it. That's our move today in the nation. It seems like it's getting ripped apart at the seams. We're going to lean into Christ. We're not going to shrink back. It's not a day for Christians to shrink back and water down their Christianity. Try to hide in the corner and just survive the storm. You don't get to survive the storm of anarchy. It's time to lean in. Lean into Christ. Dig in. Share your faith more than you've ever shared it with people. Talk about Jesus with people like you've never talked about Jesus before. Love those who oppose you. Repent to those who you harm. Let's be known as people above reproach. Let's also be known as people who are fully devoted to the mission and the cause of Jesus Christ in this world. And let's never forget that the local church holds the hope to this hurting world in which we live in. So let's remain in the body. Let's remain with one another. Let's come back to the heart of worship. Let's gather with one another three, you know, six feet apart from each other. But let's come back. And let's worship and let's lift up the name of Jesus and let's remain faithful during this difficult day. We will face our very own lion's den. That's a guarantee. It's nothing to be feared. I have no idea what it's going to look like. I'm just here to tell you today, Daniel faced the lion's den. We're going to face our very own lion's den. And so determine today who you will serve. Here's my simple prayer for you. Pray this today as a family unit during our worship time. Before we walk out of this auditorium today, before you turn off this broadcast today, pray this simple prayer. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what we face, as for me and my house, we're fully devoted to Christ. As for me and my house, we will do anything and everything in our ability to live above reproach. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Make that your prayer today. Today, some of you, you need to take a bold step, and you need to commit your life to Christ. You need to surrender it to Jesus Christ and make him Lord and leader of your life. North Platte, Ogallala, wherever you're at, I'm just telling you right now, during this time of worship, surrender your life to Jesus and make him Lord and leader. The rest of us, after hearing a message like this, I guarantee you, you, you understand that there's more room right now to go all in for Christ than maybe you understood before. That's for all of us, including your pastor. There's more room for us to take a step forward and lean into God and go all in with him. And I wanna encourage you today, let's go all in, right, in our recommitment. Let's go all in in our recommitment to say, Jesus, I'm devoted to you, I worship you, and I follow you. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Father, today, we're so encouraged By the life of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. We are so encouraged and blown away by his loyal commitment to you in the face of so much adversity and opposition. What a beautiful picture for us in the world in which we live in today. How to respond to opposition. How to respond to adversity. How to remain loyal and faithful when persecution comes. When opposition comes. We live in a world where it's like your message is becoming hate speech. But we know, we know the motive of your heart, Lord, and the motive of your heart was that even while we were sinners, even while we were far from you, even while we were cursing you, killing you, you sent your son Jesus Christ to give his life for us. In hopes that one day, a revolution would happen in our hearts and we would wake up from the slumber and our eyes would truly be opened from our just our, simple religious acts and our legalism and we would just press into you and authentically cry out to you and repent before you and humbly admit the fact that God, without you, we're powerless and without you going before us, there's a lot of fear. So, Lord, we lean into you today. We surrender our lives to you today. We ask you, Lord, lead through us a life above reproach. Holy Spirit, come and do that work. Lead through us a life of constant commitment and worship to you. Lead through us because in our own strength we're feeble and unable to do it. It's not about a goal written down on a piece of paper, it's about the loyalty of our heart right now before you. Man will make his goals and fail. Lord, we commit the loyalty of our heart to you because you are the God of the impossible and you fail us not. We worship you. We love you. We have hope in you. Therefore, we have hope in our future. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.